From WAUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Michael Weirich. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio and the surrounding region. This week on The Outlet, a group of Athens residents looks to help asylum seekers awaiting trial. Your commitment in general is to provide a place to live, which can be with you or it can be somewhere else. But you're going to stay in touch, make sure that basic needs for food and clothing are met. And how Vinton County residents have adjusted their lives while fighting for new water lines. The quest for clean water for for Vinton County has uh, been with my family for 21 years, and that, that was the first time that we moved here. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. For the last two years, the Athens United Immigrant Support Project has been working to help migrants seeking asylum in the United States. Teopak Suzuki reports the group works to change the lives of people fleeing horrible situations in their home countries. In 2019, a small group of Athens residents say they saw growing mistreatment of asylum seekers along the southern border of the United States. They decided to take action and formed the Athens United Immigrant Support Project, or AUISP. I think like lots of people, you know, there's frustration about not always being able to do anything about these odd situations that exist in our country and in the world. And this was just a really tangible way to respond. That's John Schmieding. His wife, Debbie, is the president of AUISP. The two have hosted a number of asylum seekers in their home over the last year through a legal process known as sponsorship. Asylum seekers who arrive at the U.S.-Mexico border are not undocumented immigrants. The federal government knows of their presence, and according to U.S. and international law, they have a right to live in the country while their cases are in court. The U.S., however, has struggled with the number of asylum seekers arriving at the southern border recently. Many are sent to privately run detention centers, where conditions are prison-like. Some of the asylees we spoke with reported scarce or inedible food, discrimination, violence, being cut off from family members, and lack of access to basic necessities like toilet paper. One said, quote, they treat us like animals. AYSP Vice President Carrie Shaw says that reality is what motivates the group to provide sponsorship. Migrants who are in detention are much more likely to be released and be released sooner if they have a sponsor. Sponsorship is a legal process overseen by the Department of Homeland Security. Through sponsorship, U.S. residents can secure the release of asylum seekers from detention. AYSP Secretary Ann Sparks describes the guidelines sponsors are expected to follow. Your commitment in general is to provide a place to live, which can be with you or it can be somewhere else. But you're going to stay in touch, make sure that basic needs for food and clothing are met. The success of AUISP caught the attention of national asylee support groups. The reason, according to Shaw, is their model of community sponsorship. The whole group, not individual sponsors, makes itself available to provide resources and solve problems. If you have a community to um, rely on and help you with that and help you meet the needs of of the folks that you're sponsoring, that it's it seems to um, just be more supportive in a lot of different ways. Through community sponsorship, sponsors can better arrange things like transportation, English language instruction, and fundraising for legal fees. With a community behind them, sponsors can make sure asylum seekers find a warm welcome and a sense of belonging. John and Debbie Schmieding recall the first time they took one of their asylees kayaking at Stroud's Run. We probably got 75 feet because she couldn't quite 
figure it out. It's like, a lot of circles. Lot and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And But she loved it. And we went several times while she lived with us. For asylum seekers in Athens, the path forward is still not easy. Until their cases are decided, they must contend with the possibility that one day soon, they will be sent back to their country of origin. That could be the difference between life and death. But AUISP members say they'll keep working to help asylees as a community. For The Outlet, I'm Teo Peck Suzuki in Athens. High school football is at the heart of fall in Southeast Ohio, but the smaller schools in our region have a hard time competing with larger rosters. Dylan Tyson reports one area coach has found a way to bring quality training to these smaller teams. High school football is at the heart of fall in Southeast Ohio, but the smaller schools in our region have a tough time competing with larger rosters. It makes valuable practice hard to come by for varsity athletes, and that was the case for the new Lexington Panthers. This year, head coach Kevin Board wanted to create an opportunity for off-season growth among his elite players. You know, we, when you got a small group of guys, we got a roster of about 43. Um, you know, our ones are going against freshmen and sophomores, so to get them to come out and compete against other guys, juniors, seniors, you know, it, it's an opportunity for us to get some good competition as well as the other schools. Nearly a dozen schools will travel to Perry County this July for the new Lexington 7-on-7 League. With fewer players on the field and none of the hard-hitting action, it's a completely different sport. But it serves as an opportunity for offenses to test their playbooks and for defenses to work on coverage schemes. And for the Panthers, it's a chance to build confidence in new starting quarterback Hunter Kellogg. It's a time for me to connect with my receivers. Like I mean, as you know, I haven't thrown to these guys in game. So last year too, we didn't get that time to throw with our guys. So now I'm throwing against them against against really high-level competition, other varsity teams. It gives me a chance to connect with them. Coach Board says he spread the news via social media and mass emails in an effort to reach teams outside of the conference. He also reconnected with old coaching friends in the region, including Warren head coach Matt Kynes. Reached out, said he was doing this. Said, why not? we got a bunch of young, skilled guys we're trying to break in and get work in. It's always better to go against someone else than yourself. So, But it's more than just an opportunity for new Lexington and company to rebuild. Board knew that he wanted to extend a hand to the region's smallest football powerhouses. You know, Trimble's a, a real small school in Nelsonville that, um, you know, the reps they're getting here, they'll play four games tonight, and, uh, you know, that's, that's reps they're not able to really get in practice. Board looks forward to seeing his young lineup of skill players fill the gaps left by last year's graduates. As for the road ahead, Coach has big ambitions for the league's future. I would love to keep it going. Like I said, it's, you know, we're not trying to make a buck off of it. You know, I told the coach it's free, it's just free reps, and that's really what it's about. And, you know, ideally, with, I, I told some of my guys earlier, I'd love to make it a bigger deal where we bring in 16 teams and have it at two different fields and, and really make it a, a day out of it. Dylan Tyson, reporting for The Outlet. This month, 40 buildings across America will receive part of $3 million to preserve African-American landmarks, and one of them is in Athens. Nick Velen spoke with officials to see how this money will be spent. Mount Zion Baptist Church in Athens was founded in 1872 and is the last remaining black-owned historic building along the southeastern Ohio River Valley's Underground Railroad Corridor. The Mount Zion Baptist Church Preservation Society now plans to restore and repurpose the building as a regional black artistic, cultural, and economic hub. Brent Legs, the executive director for the African American Cultural Heritage Fund, said that Mount Zion was one of around 100 proposals that was selected for funding since 2018. A couple of reasons that we selected Mount Zion. It was really beautiful to see how diverse 
the organization was. And they have a beautiful vision for reusing that historic space as a center for arts, culture, and technology. And it really, I think, has the potential to be a national model once they complete this project. This funding will allow Mount Zion to start the restoration from the ground up. Dr. T. Ford Amon, Mount Zion's communications director, says this funding will rehabilitate the basement. We're so excited. The, the, the basement will be kind of like the ground place for, um, for developing uh, hangouts for, for students. We'll have an educational center there. Um, and, um, and other kinds of happenings uh, there in term, terms of, uh, of providing community uh, activities and support. Hearing this funding will start the restoration makes it special for Dr. T. Ford Amon, who has a deep history with the church. How is passion uh, during my graduate degree, that was the uh, mid-90s, I attended there. My daughter was a um, student at Athens High School, a uh, basketball player as a matter of fact, and she sang in the choir. When I say passion, I, I mean that uh, with all sincerity. For the outlet, I'm Nick Feeland. This funding is the first step of a $4 million project to fully restore the church in the coming years. After the break... We make sure that every person that wants it has access to drinkable, safe, reliable water. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. For most families in the United States, access to clean drinking water is a given. But in parts of southeastern Ohio, that's not always the case. Dylan Tyson reports that Vinton County is seeking federal funding to bring clean water into more homes. Nearly a third of Vinton County residents are living without reliable access to clean water, whether to drink, to cook, or even to bathe. County Commissioner Mark Fout says it affects more than 900 families. And the ones that do have water, it's, uh, it's like uh, dirt. It's like a muddy water. It's not a new problem either, according to longtime resident Jim Satori. The quest for clean water for, for Vinton County has uh, been with my family for 21 years, and that, that was the first time that we moved here. Federal funding has allowed Vinton County to place multiple water dispensaries throughout the county. Director of Development Terry Featheroff says it's the department's top priority. We make sure that every person that wants it has access to drinkable, safe, reliable water. They're cheap, easy to access, and placed strategically near areas without clean water. Folks in their own pickup trucks or they have a trailer and they have, they have a tank on the back. Area resident Thomas Acasio began a water delivery business last year and it's grown incredibly quickly. Within a few days of opening the company, my phone was ringing off the hook and it's turned into a beast. I can't keep up with the demand. Um, I went from one truck to three trucks within a year and we're still two to three weeks out if you know someone calls today. 
The tanks are a step in the right direction, but not a permanent solution. I hope that we can shut it down eventually. Okay, that is my goal. Featheroff hopes that someday clean water lines will run to every home in Vinton County. It's going to cost millions of dollars, but she wants residents to know that they are determined to put up a fight. We want to make them aware that we're still working on this. We haven't given up. We're working on your behalf. The Vinton County Development Department is working on a cost estimate for laying more water lines to homes without them. The plan is expected to be shared in August. Dylan Tyson, reporting for The Outlet. Mac Media Day was held on Tuesday in Detroit and in person for the first time since 2019. Brian Kirk made the trip to Detroit to talk with the Ohio Bobcats as they prepare for the 2021 season this fall. Players, coaches, and media members from around the Mac filled the atrium at Ford Field for Mac Media Day. It marks the beginning of a new football season in the Mid-American Conference, and Commissioner John Steinbrecher is excited to get things started. It's time to get back to action. Great coaches, talented and exciting student-athletes, big non-conference games, big conference games, with the conclusion coming on Saturday, December 4th. I wish our teams the very best. It's now time to fly the flag. The COVID pandemic caused a shortened season last year for teams across the conference, including Ohio. Ohio running back DeMontre Tuggle, who is returning for a fifth season, is excited for a more conventional 2021 season, with hopes of returning to Detroit in December for the MAC championship game. We can't wait. We can't wait. Uh, this team is hungry, itching to get back on the field. You know, we only had three games last year, so we're so we're so excited. We're so hungry for a full full slate of games and. Uh, this team has, is focused, focused more than ever, so we're ready. Ohio's three games last season were played with a very limited crowd in attendance. Now more fans will be welcomed back into Peden Stadium to cheer on the Bobcats, and head coach Tim Albin is looking forward to having the seats filled once again. It's going to be emotional from the standpoint of we're coming out of this pandemic and uh, getting a chance to see people in their faces. and. Uh, that, that's going to be an energy in itself, right? Mm -hmm. And now you take on the uh, playing Syracuse on a night game in Athens. It's going to, you know, Peden's going to be packed. Mm -hmm. uh, our guys are going to be excited. It's, so it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Brian Kerp. Ohio will open up its season against Syracuse on September 4th. The Athena Cinema opened to the public last week after a year-long hiatus due to the pandemic. Madison Moore reports on how a crowdfunding campaign helped the theater reopen and the impact it's had on the community. The pandemic took a heavy toll on theaters across the country, and many small art house theaters struggled to survive. A local group started a crowdfunding campaign to support the Athena's comeback. The campaign ended up raising over $16,500. Athena Cinema Director Alexandra Komodi said the staff was energized to see that the community wanted the Athena to reopen, just as much as they did. It was a really big boost in our desire to, like, we need to get this place open and find a way to get people in here. At the beginning of the closure, lots of staff members graduated and the hiring process was stalled, but ended up being a blessing in disguise. But we loved how close and, and dedicated everyone was during the closure, so we really want to kind of keep that idea. And we actually had an all-staff meeting yesterday talking about how can we keep our staff maybe a little smaller and a little more specialized in the positions that they do here. During the closure, the Athena completed a full renovation and work with Ohio University's COVID operations to safely host virtual and in-person events.
doing our private rentals was a big thing, establishing a, a safe way to still bring small groups of people in here and get people in front of the screens and get people at the theater. Now that it's reopened, the Athena can return to screening documentaries, independent movies, classics, and international and local films. Our goal is to get give those stories a place to be seen. For The Outlet, I'm Madison Moore. Upcoming screenings include Promising Young Woman, opening July 23rd, and Judas and the Black Messiah, opening July 30th. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Michael Wyrick. We're edited by Aaron Payne and David Forrester. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, or find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Outlet underscore WUB and Instagram at WUB underscore Outlet. We'll be back next week with more stories from the southeastern Ohio region.